Salud. Salud. Wow. Nomás está con madre esa madre. <risa> Hi, and welcome to Otra Por Favor. Otra Por Favor. Uh, another episode here. Um, Koga couldn't make it. Uh, we, you know, he, he had an, uh, an emergency. But however, you know, we still got to keep the, the show going. And as you guys know, we want to highlight the stories of, of our Latino community. Um, talk about football, vida, and cultura. Um, today's guest, he's actually... Uh, our first, I would say, uh, guest from the food industry, and I know, I know, uh, the food industry—it's a uh, arduous work that you know that takes time, and can, you know, a lot of it is is the stuff that you know they have to sacrifice, you know, time and energy. Um, but, however, I do appreciate uh, you for being here, Margarito. How are you today? I'm doing well. Super, super nervous, but super excited. Uh, thank you, folks, for having me. Hey, man, appreciate you coming. Um, I know we met, I would say, this year, right? Yeah, yeah, just earlier this year. Yeah, we we, we met at the stadium. Uh, as we I've met a lot of people, and then we also started playing soccer on, you know, with Los Verdes on Mondays and Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, but I would say, man, uh, you're one of the, like, say, a very good soccer player. Uh, you have that touch. You have that, you know, the way you move around, the way, the way you – you make everyone around you play better, and that's always for me. There's it can be talent, but whenever you play with someone that's like as talented, like and and knows how to bring everyone together, you're very good at that. And, and that also shows um, how you are as a person outside of the field. Uh, I've, we hung out several times at, at Hop Squad after the games, and you you have this uh, uh, what what is it called Areola? This uh, you know in in, in Spanish is un ángel que te cargas. Yeah. Uh, everybody, everybody um, wants to be around you. Everybody's like, Mago, Mago, Mago. Uh, and, you know, the reason why I wanted to invite you is because uh, I was like, I met you and I didn't know, like, you own Paprika, and like, we started talking. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about your life. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, your 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 business. Um, but before that, um, how is everything for you at the moment? Good, you know, I think like everyone else, mm -hmm. um, there's uh, some turmoil right now. We're having some trouble with our permitting for, for paprika, um, but really just that determination that I try to tackle everything with. Um, both my wife and I are just kind of rolling with the punches and, and doing what we can do. It's also been uh, being closed. It's been a good time to, to catch up on the, some of the things that we've wanted to do just to feel human uh, and be able to, to, like you said, um, build other folks up. So it's been nice to, to catch up with friends and, and family and, and be able to hear 
uh, hear and see a little bit more uh, of what other folks are doing and, and being more involved with uh, with football even and, and the community and with Los Verdes. So, yeah, super, super grateful. Uh, even though it wasn't planned to have this time right now, we're we're down down for service, but able to still exist. Do you feel like whenever you go through situations, you know, like it's a transition? I would I, w- I would say. Um, you have time to actually do things that you wanted to do? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and still not enough time. <laughs> you start going down the list and you're like, okay, I got two things done. And, and now there's 10 other ones that, that have come up. But it's, uh, I think you got to take it when it comes. You know, sometimes you have the time and sometimes you don't. So just take advantage of it. What are the, what are the things that like you feel you have been able to do now that you probably didn't get a chance to do while the business was open? Uh, a simple one, like you said, is, uh, uh, running into folks like you at hop squad. Mm -hmm. Normally, um, we close at eight o'clock. So we're working right up until it or until we sell out. And then we're just wiping the sweat off and running over to the stadium so we can start screaming. But these last few matches, we've actually been able to go to hop squad, grab a beer and and hang out with folks. and, And like I said, get to connect a little bit more with the community. So. Beer or beers. <laughs> exactly. Una, una más y nos vamos. I know. We, we always say that. Uh, and, I, and also one thing that, you know, like I want to mention is you actually got me into Carintas El Huero. Yeah. And that's like, that's my favorite uh, taco place in Austin at the moment. No, they're super good. Uh, that's why, I mean, thank you for, for saying what you started with because that really is my my main goal, I think, in life is to build other people up. I think... Uh, Oftentimes, folks look at us having a taqueria, and they're like, "Oh, you you must not eat tacos anywhere else." And I'm like, "Oh no, you're you're, mis- <laughs> you're mistaken. I I much rather prefer to eat other people's tacos. Like the reason I got into this was so that I could eat, um, and it was just the 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 quickest way to get the tacos into my mouth. But it's uh it's Carnitas del Huero is definitely one of those spots that I love to to tell folks about. And if they've never been there, I love going there with them and, and, and seeing their their faces when they start ripping into <laughs> a pound of carnitas. Except for the menudo. Yeah. No, <laughs> don't, don't order the menudo at a place called carnitas. I, I, uh, I learned my lesson. <laughs> Dude, I uh, no, it, it's cool because um, I've been wanting to, like, say, in, in Austin, everybody, when they think of carnitas, they think of pulled pork. Yep. And over here, as soon as I walked in, just the smell of, like, oh, they use manteca. And they have a big-ass casso in the back. Yeah. And sure enough, you go back to, you know, in the restroom, and, and, and you can see the kitchen, and there's a big-ass casso. Oh, yeah. And, man, that, that you know, when you cook all the carnitas in, at the same time, that's where that's where it's at. And then you pick up, you know, what do you want to eat? Like, it's macisa, which is just meat only, surtida or cueritos. Yeah, no, you got to get a surtida with, with the cueritos, with, with all the, the nasty bits, if you will. Like, that's all the... That's all the good stuff. Se llama el guacala, que rico. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, but no, no, let's uh, like let's let's um. So you you mentioned you like to build people up. Um, for you, like say from from your upbringings, how 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 can you say who you are now? Um, impacted the person who you were in the past or what was on your going through your mind as you grew up or, or can you first actually you know what let's go first to you know where are you originally from and wh- when did you come to the u.s yeah yeah i uh so i was born in 
Matamoros, Tamaulipas. Uh, I'm not actually from there. We're, we're from a small town uh, by the name of Vallehermoso, la, la ciudad de las tres mentiras, because it's not a... It's not a ciudad, it's not a valle, and, and it's not hermoso, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's where we're from, and uh, it's, it, Matamoros was the nearest hospital. Um, I, I lived there until the age of five, and then my folks, uh, like a lot of other folks, immigrated to the U.S. Uh, in search of a, kind of a, a better shot at life, um, but they, uh, they ended up going as far north as they could without hitting Canada. So I, I grew up in the Midwest of all places in Indiana. Indiana, that's like the Midwest, Midwest. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple, there's few places I can think of that are, that are more polite and, and have more corn. But it's not a, it's not a place I'm ever too, too excited to return to. Yeah. Uh, all my family still lives up there, so I... Uh, I try to get up there once a year, and, and, and really that's the, that's the best part about going up there is just seeing my, seeing my roots and seeing my family, but I'm always itching for them to get out of there. Yeah. That's how I ended up in Texas. I was, I was running, running away, going back to Mexico. So. Okay. What, uh, like, say, whenever you guys, move, uh, like, came to the U.S., did you guys, uh, like, come across the border, or, or how was that journey? Yeah, so we uh, was very fortunate we we crossed the border legally mm-hmm. with a with a visa, so that that gave me a, a leg up. We we overstayed. My parents overstayed the visa, mm-hmm. and so I grew up. Um, and up until last year, really, when I got married, um, I was undocumented the entire time in this country, and that's I think that's probably been the the biggest challenge mm-hmm. uh, throughout my life is how to navigate opening a business, going to, uh, I mean, ultimately not going to school, um, but the jobs I've worked, the relationships I've built have always kind of revolved around just that, what we all struggle with, really, like that identity of what does it mean to be an American or or Mexican or Mm. Mexican-American, Chicano, Latino, you know, it's like kind of... uh, navigating that journey and, and, and really trying to find out or decide who who I am but how uh like let's say um let's let's go back to you know when you first came to the US yeah what was uh your first memory of you know stepping foot like in a different country snow <laughs> really really cold i don't i don't remember much about um, actually crossing the border. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in Texas for a little while before we went up um, to Indiana. Okay. But the, by far the, the most uh, concrete memory I have of coming to the U.S. was getting to Indiana and just it was a really, a couple really bad snowstorms that they had had that year. I think to this day it's still record snowfall, but... Uh, just stepping into like 12 inches of snow and thinking of how beautiful it looked as a kid, yeah. but then immediately feeling how shockingly cold it was. Yeah. And I said, I wait. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need the yellow snow, right? Just to make sure. Yeah, no, <laughs> no not to, to this day. I haven't. But, uh, <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was something that stuck with me over the years. 
what uh like say uh when you walked out like in the snow did you like came prepared with you know a snow outfit or like or do you something like like oh. say the first time i i ever saw snow was in galveston like in, in the christmas eve actually yeah. and i didn't have anything that snow related but uh, all you have to do is just put a bunch of layers on the yeah no same thing we were definitely underprepared and I think I have pictures of the little jackets that we were wearing. We had sweatpants on, <laughs> tennis shoes, and uh, but you quickly, you quickly learn to start layering up yeah. and getting more more clothes on you. So, man, that's cool. Uh, so when you guys moved, was it uh, like you and, and and your whole family, or was it just um, like say your parents? How 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 was you know that process for you? Yeah, so uh, my mom, actually, she's got a, we've got a pretty large family on, on her side. Um, I've got 11 aunts and uncles, and all of them, with the exception of my mom at that time, were already in the U.S., mm -hmm. uh, primarily in Texas, and then some folks up in Indiana. So that was definitely uh, a calling for her to come be closer to her parents. Um, but my father, at the time, he was, uh, he had gone to college in Mexico and worked on uh he was a diesel fuel technician and, and had his own uh shop and, and was running his own business and, and doing pretty well at it um within within reason for a small small rural town but um we we ended up coming um my sister my mother and I with my grandparents and my father stayed behind one year to close out his his accounts with the business and kind of yeah just really close everything out so mm -hmm. yeah the, the first year it was it was on our own living with my grandparents and mm -hmm. then after that my my pops joined us and, and uh, yeah we've been here ever since i just uh i was just able to go back to mexico last year for the first time and now i'm plotting on how to how to how to go back how to go <laughs> back yeah what uh Whenever your 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 dad was here, um, what was say for example the first thing is that you guys felt like there was a separation anxiety or was it something that like uh, like what was going through your mind because uh, the reason I'm asking is uh, when I grew up my I mean my mom crossed the border and yeah. she was the one that initiated everything for us to come yeah, yeah. so in both times we had like you know we were separated you know my mom would be coming first and then the first time my mom came and then my dad like a month later and then we came six months afterwards yeah. the second time my mom came and then we waited to like the rest of us come commit uh pretty much at the same time yeah so but it was it was like in in like you know you're you're going like 10 years old and so you're still going from a kid to like the preteen yeah and then whenever you went um the, the second time it was I was already a teenager, but I was going from fourteen to fifteen. So you know you're going from high school to from from secundaria to to high school. So what was like say for you? Um, what grade were you in? Like what grade or how old were you when when that happened? Yeah, so I mean I think it's something I think about a lot. Where um, just comparing my not comparing but looking at my experience as an immigrant in this country and then thinking and hearing other folks mm -hmm. like yourself, like you're sharing right now. Um, and, and I've just come to the conclusion that there's never, there's never a good time, but mm -hmm. it's always, but it's usually the right move. Um, I was five, five and a half years old. And so I've 
gone I went to school I never went to school in in Mexico um, I think I was in in preschool perhaps but uh, I, I went kindergarten through 12th grade here in the US and and so for me um, it was a little bit different where we mm-hmm. I think just still had that naivety of like not really knowing what was going on I remember we would talk to my pops very often and, and I would always look forward to that the phone calls but I never really felt um, too much of uh, of that separation anxiety because it was always a, a reassurance that he was going to join us. And again, I think I was young enough to know to just not know how how tricky that could be in the, uh, I mean, then and current um, immigration system in the U.S. So, so yeah, not not too much, not too much sweat on my part. And then also um, being with with my mom, I think we were very fortunate. Um, my mom was pregnant at the time, mm-hmm. so now I have two sisters, and it just seems to be one of the recurring things whenever I talk to folks is there's always this strong um, maternal figure, you know, whether it be a mom or mm-hmm. an abuelita or a tia. It's like uh, really I think the backbone of Mexico and, and, and other countries where it's just like, my mom's tough as hell. Yeah. As soon as we got here, she was hell bent on mm-hmm. making it comfortable for us and, and being able to fit in and, and get a job. And they bought a house, they bought a car, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really just kind of put in the work and it, and it all started with her really. So I can, I can relate to what you're, what you're sharing right now with, with your mama where it's like, that also helped me kind of stay at peace and, mm-hmm. and not think too much about our dad being a couple hundred miles right. away. Man, that's good. Um, nah, that's a, what's your mom's name? Maria Magdalena Montalvo. Yeah, otra Maria. Yeah. Maria, saludos. Saludos, <laughs> 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 No, that's good, man. I, uh, I, I think um, it, it's always like, say, it, it's, uh, it, it's one of those weird things that, you know, um, m- Women like in Mexico, they they take initiative for a lot of things. Oh yeah, um, and they don't get the credit for it. And they don't get the credit for it. Uh, but that that's that's good. The fact that as soon as you guys came in, like she was able to accommodate, you know, things for you guys to feel like you were. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you were actually like uh, coming in and feeling comfortable instead of having to worry about what am I going to sleep? What am I going to eat? I mean, she did the best she could. And, and that, that's greatly appreciated because as you grow up, you know, you're always seeking for that. Oh yeah. You know, you're always seeking for, you know, how can I, you know, like say it's not, you don't have much, but con lo que, lo que hay es con lo que trabajas. Oh yeah. And I've, I've, uh, I think it took me a while to get there and realize it and it, and it a part of that was really me running away from home, but to, yeah. to truly appreciate uh, how even with all the challenges or struggles I, I feel that I've had in this country, um, at the same time, I've been super privileged because of my mother and, and my pops as well and just the amount of work and, and, and time and, and uh, energy that they were willing to spend um, when we were kids to... to Give us a better shot again at, at life that that maybe they felt they didn't they didn't have you mm-hmm. know so I've I've definitely never um, 
up until I started going out into the world for my own, um, I've never felt a want for for housing or food or, mm-hmm. or warmth, you know, other than, yeah, you always want the new PlayStation or the, yeah. new, the, new, <laughs> the new, new Power Ranger. And, and my parents were definitely not spoiling us with any of that. But uh, I've never had to worry about, as, as a kid, I never had to worry about where my next meal was going to come from or, or whether or not we were going to have a, a roof over our heads. And, and I know that, uh, I know that that stability isn't, isn't, uh, guaranteed to everyone. There's a mm-hmm. lot of folks that, that don't get that shot. So super, super grateful for, for everything my, my folks have done. You feel like say having that stability helped you be stable as you grew up older like, hey, you got to have stuff in order for you to, you know, to at least have the basics. And, okay, you know, if I don't have this, then for sure, like, I'm not comfortable living, like, in a, in, like my, in, in, like in a, in a living situation. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely uh, spoiled me in a sense where I've, uh, I think I've had roommates once mm-hmm. in my life. And uh, I, I've just, beyond that, I've always... It's been ingrained in me. It's been uh, just second second hand that hey, you you pay your rent. You mm-hmm. have you have a place to stay. You know you buy your groceries. You you pay your bills. Like um, you have your transportation. Um, be it the bus or be it a vehicle. It's like you you kind of you figure out those things and you're not bothering other people mm-hmm. for them. So that's that's definitely been uh, I think a learned behavior from from seeing how my folks interacted with the world man that's good and so f- from you guys came here legally and then when did you realize uh you were you know your your legality here in quotations expired and you're like oh man or i see the immigrante yeah so it was uh it was a big blow to me um i didn't i didn't realize it until i was um, so that visa, um, I'm sure, was for a year, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, and, and we overstayed it by a long shot. But it wasn't until uh, either freshman or sophomore year of high school, and folks were starting to look at what are you going to do for college and where are you going to go and do you want to play a sport. And I started to get um, some interest from uh, soccer programs mm-hmm. and offers for tours of the campus and and, uh, every single one always kind of had a dotted line where it said like put in your social security number and I was like oh I'm I don't know what that is you know I haven't haven't seen that before and I started asking my folks and I felt so I mean I felt so silly not not knowing what it was Mm -hmm. but that's when it really hit me where I was like oh shit I'm not I'm not from here and and I don't I can't do the same things Mm -hmm. not that you can't do them, but that's that's what I thought at the time, and that's what I told myself. Kind of very self defeating of like, oh, I I can't do the same things my peers can, and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it really uh, it really hit me hard. I uh, I went from being uh, always in the top three mm-hmm. in in my class, all, never struggling with academics, and uh, I went from that to just like not wanting anything to do with it and really mm-hmm. throwing it all away and saying, I don't want to go to any college. Uh, because again, really believing and thinking that I wasn't legally allowed yeah, yeah. to do it. And so uh, when in reality it was more so for scholarships and things like that, mm-hmm. but 
I think there was still a, well, I know now that there was, there was still a path and, and there's many other folks that have uh, worked harder to, to get there. But, uh, I, uh, I gave up on it pretty easily. That's still one of my thing. That's one of the few things in life where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm stubborn as hell, but I, I didn't, I didn't try hard enough to get into college. Yeah. Everything else, most everything else in life, I think my wife can attest to it. Where it's like, where other folks are like, oh, it can't be done. I'm like, give me a little bit of time and, and, and give me some patience. And I, and I think I can do it. But college was something where I was like, I don't think I can, I don't yeah. think I can do it. Uh, Rabbi, I think you're sort of, it is much more, you know, technical. You're more hands on. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you don't, you know, like say for example, you're more of a okay. I find this. Lo veo, lo veo. All right, I can figure it out. Let me, I can fix it. Yeah. But on libro, I feel like the the aburriría. <laughs> you won't really focus. Yeah. No, I do have a lot of trouble focusing. Yeah. I uh, was able to always like kill exams, but I could not listen through. Or I could not, I couldn't do homework or hit mm -hmm. deadlines. I gave my teachers so many headaches because <laughs> I never did the homework, but then I come in for their exam and just ace it. Love love, yeah, because yeah, I just I paid attention to what they were saying, and for me that was that was enough. And I didn't understand why they wanted me to show my work or or, mm -hmm. or turn in a paper. But and I was I'm the complete opposite. I I'm very good at following, you know, like looking at a lecture, understanding it. You know, working progress. Yeah. But exams, I met on. Like, <laughs> I, I get the concepts and I get what they're, everybody's like, you know, whatever they're teaching. Yeah. But the exam part is on the, you know, it was just for me, I always thought like an exam shouldn't define my education. It's my progress. Yeah. So, no. I mean, you can't beat the system. <laughs> no. And, and I mean, I agree. I think, I think you see that um, as I've gotten older, that's something I've really grown to appreciate is that there's just we just all approach things and interact with the world differently mm -hmm. you know and there's not one right or wrong right. strategy it's just like how what works for you to get there and and, and to feel growth and, and like you said progress from it you know and grow as a person so mm -hmm. i i've i've been working on that for sure of like letting go of of what I did or didn't do yeah, yeah. with school and, and, and focusing on the stuff that I am uh, able to do right now, you know, and, and try to make my little corner of the world a little bit better. So, um, Did you, were you able to graduate, like, did you, like, uh, graduate high school or was it Sasuke? Yeah, I graduated high school here in Texas, actually. Okay. So my, uh, my junior year in Indiana, I was uh, captain of the soccer team, and like I said, everybody, all my friends were starting to look at where they were going to go mm -hmm. to school, and, and I ran away. I, I told my parents I was coming down to Texas to to visit uh, una tía que tengo en Houston, and really my plan was to go uh, try out uh, in Pachuca, Universidad de Fútbol. I wanted to go to university and play soccer in Mexico and, and kind of shoot my shot. So. Oh, so you wanted to go back to Mexico? Y oh, yeah. A ver. Yeah. Uh, my mom, I mean, she was furious after the amount of work yeah. they put in to get us here. I was, I was trying to go back to Mexico, and my dad, he's, he's always been more understanding and kind of given us free reign yeah. and, and let us do what we wanted to. Um, they, uh, they got divorced when I was young, and and I actually chose to live with my dad, or not, not chose again, being stubborn as hell. I, I made it, 
I made it happen because mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. And, and so I kind of, uh, I fed off of that being, growing up with him and, and having that support of, hey, if, if do whatever you think is mm-hmm. right. And, and if you fall down, that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here if you need help, a hand getting back up. And so, yeah, I, I ran it by him. He was the only person I told what my true intentions were. And he was like, hey, it's, it's going to be hard, but if you think you can do it, go, go try it. ¿Y le va el pachuca a él o...? No, no, es a, <laughs> a los correcaminos y, y a la América. Ah, es todo. No sé, no sé por qué, pero... <laughs> a los correcaminos y a la América. Sí. Dude, uh, man, that, that's interesting how you, you were, you know, on the way back and, and uh, want to go try out. I actually knew, uh, you know, La Abuela Cruz, you heard of? I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar with. Him. So his uh, his nephew, um, he was he grew up and because of like say I, I grew up in a Christian environment, so yep. everyone, um, everybody, everyone was like, you know, tienes la vis, hay una visión que recibí donde vas a jugar fútbol y vas a profesional. Yeah. So they ingrained that into that, you know, that guy, and that guy was very good. Don't get me wrong, he was physically, he was in in his senior year, he. Um, he won first place in in the district, cross country, very good um, soccer player. Pero lo que no 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 supo cómo manejar la situación de que no tenía papeles. Yeah. And after high school, that whole you know whether he would go to Monterrey or stay, that you know that paid a toll on him. And it was it was a like you can see you can see it waning out in his emotions because. In his mind, he's like, everybody's telling me that, you know, there's a vision and there's this promise that I have to go, you know, and be, I'm going to be a, a professional soccer player. But they never really gave him the, what if that doesn't happen? Yeah. Like, you know, the backup plan. What if that, you know, that that's the case. Um, and he, right now, he, he ended up struggling for, for some time and I think he's doing better right now. But for a while, it was just after high school, like, reality hit him that, yeah. you know, maybe that was not going to be the case. And he wasn't prepared um, mentally or emotionally for everything that would happen. Yeah. So, uh, like, say for you, whenever you wanted to go back to, you know, Mexico and, and play, but you didn't end up going and you stayed here, how was, you know, how was that for you? What, what went through your mind? Oh, it was, it was rough. You know, it, it's, I can relate to that where it's just nobody, nobody prepares you for that and, and and nobody tells you what the right thing to feel or, or think is um i was you know i, I grew up with like i said be, being at the very top of my class always hearing my teachers say oh you could be president a, president of the united states one day if you wanted to be mm-hmm. and then when i got to that point in my life where I, where I realized what it meant to be undocumented and, and to be an immigrant, I was like, "Well, shit! I, I want to be president of the U.S., but I I can't even yeah. I can't even get started." You know, it's like not yeah. even possible for me. Um, and so, yeah, it's it, it, it takes a toll on you to 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 hear folks build you up and to kind of know or think think of what you're capable of, mm-hmm. but then to also see it written down and, and and hear it spewed out by politicians of what you're not able to do mm-hmm. and what you're not allowed to do. And I use the term uh, illegal 
immigrant for a long time because that's really what I thought I was, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's why I wear this hat now as often as I can because it's like nobody's illegal, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and no, it's something that definitely I think uh, I struggled with and I, I, still, I still struggle with from, mm -hmm. from in the present day. It's, uh, it's different now. Um, I have uh, I have residency now, uh, temporary at the moment, and then within the next year or so it should be permanent. Yeah. But it's uh, it's not through any merit. It's not through anything that I've done. Yeah. Of my, you know, I got married and and I love my wife and and it's uh, it's been life changing. But it's not anything that I did that was like accolade or, or that showed any merit for me being in this country mm -hmm. you know it's just kind of how the rules are set out but uh the the mentality i think when i was coming back down to, to mexico and, and and ended up getting kind of and getting getting stuck in in texas mm -hmm. was uh um, was really just being cautious it was like i started to think about my parents and, and their journey and the sacrifices mm -hmm. they've made and, and it felt it started to feel reckless to to potentially throw that away if I d if I didn't make it. What if I go to Pachuca and I try out and, and I don't get in? Like, what is where does that leave my parents that gave up everything they had? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they were happy by by all accounts, they were happy in Mexico. Like, we were poor. Uh, we had a small house, but it, it was it was their house. You know, like I said, my pops had his business. Their family was nearby, um, and the lifestyle is definitely. It's different. It, it's mm -hmm. more humble. It's definitely more poor, but it's a it's a happy lifestyle, oftentimes, and uh, it just felt kind of like a slap in the face to them to to risk that and, yeah. and potentially throw it away. So uh, that, that kept me at bay, and, and I've been here been here ever since now. Uh, I think twelve, thirteen years in Texas. When um when you moved to to Texas, um, you were like flying, or did you? take a bus i took a bus, took a bus. I, okay. I didn't think i could fly um same thing because of mm -hmm. not being able to get a yeah, passport yeah. and not having a social so i uh i saved up my money and, and bought a greyhound ticket and, and said uh, i won't forget it because it's a 27 hour uh ride on on greyhound which if you've never been on a greyhound bus it's like it's the most uncomfortable thing yeah, yeah. and it's all the people that can't fly so mm -hmm. it's just it's just it's always a wild experience being on it, but and that that twenty seven uh, hour ride gave you enough time to think. Oh yeah, because imagine if it was just a fly. No, it, yeah, was, it was poetic. I remember <laughs> uh, I remember getting here, and at the time I was a lot better about journaling. I had my little notebook that I would scribble my thoughts in, mm -hmm. and I remember just letting loose about my thoughts. And yeah, I would look at billboards on the highway and it would send me spiraling into a deep thought and and uh, I, I still remember uh one uh one outside of houston which is mm -hmm. where i where i first landed uh one outside of houston that said uh, uh something along the lines of if, if you uh if you believe you can do it here and mm -hmm. and that that was super reassuring to me of like especially after getting to know the city of like hey if if, if you have an idea or a dream and you're willing to put in the work you you can you can have a go at it here so that's, that's what I've, that's what i've been after what uh the, so you were here for a good while um 
did you like say when DACA came around? Were you able to apply for it or? I was uh, was like the ideal recipient for DACA. I was going through the process of applying with the attorney, but I ended up it ended up getting superseded by a pending case that that I had through my parents. Uh, when my parents got divorced, mm-hmm. um, my mother unfortunately had a a partner that was uh, very abusive mm-hmm. and. Uh, she was able to take that um, and and kind of work through that trauma and, and uh, apply for a U visa, mm-hmm. so uh, a visa for for victims of abuse, mm-hmm. and uh, that ended up going through the system around the same time that that DACA that I was a, that I was applying for DACA. Mm-hmm. I already I uh, was down here in Texas on my own at that okay. point, and so it was it was kind of news. News to me, news to my mom, and, and news to the lawyer all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was like, I remember getting that letter of after paying the money and sending the forms and saying, hey, you you don't qualify for DACA. Damn, but, dude, that sucks. But this is why. Yeah. You know? And so that was, uh, that was another shot at it where it was like, hey, this is a, uh, it was a temporary residency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think after the first, it was for three years, I believe, and, and after the first three years, or two years um you go and apply for a permanent residency but mm-hmm. i let the ball drop on it i was working mm-hmm. been working cash paying jobs all my all my adult life and um i really since, since i was 13 started working in detasseling in indiana and then uh, just working anything that would pay me cash after mm-hmm. that and uh because of that i never really had vacations or time off and mm-hmm. i ended up just kind of putting it aside, al rato, al rato, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And, mm-hmm. and I never went in to renew the, the visa. And by the time I did, it was it was too late. Too late. Dang. So. Dude, that's, uh, man, that, that, I'm, I imagine what would have, you know, like say, for example, one thing that helped me um, have some hope, you know, even if it was slim, it was just DACA because I was able to work and get a Social Security yeah. But I imagine, like, say, for example, you, you know, like, knowing that you can be eligible for it because of a certain thing that's outside of your control. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a big blow to your, you know, everything. No, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's easy to, I guess, catastrophize and, and really beat yourself up over it. But, uh, but again, that's just the way that the, the, I mean, it's not just the way. It's, it's unfortunately the intentionally how the laws are set up. In yeah. this country, you For know, sure. and, and it's very, very slow progress, I think, in the right direction at times. Mm-hmm. But then we take 10 steps backwards. You yeah. Know? And there's a lot of a lot of vested interests in there. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of bad intentions. But, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a kind of the game we play here mm-hmm. of how to how to keep going. Yeah, man. And, well, I'm, I'm glad, like, you know, you, you kept going. I'm pretty sure it could have been tough because you, you mentioned uh, you moved to Houston. You moved to Houston with your uncle or? Yeah, so I went down there. Like I said, I told my parents I was I was visiting. I, I mean, I told everyone that mm-hmm. I was visiting one of my tias down there and aunt. And um, it was supposed to be for the summer. And then I was going to go back for school. And when the summer was coming to an end, my aunt said, "Hey, you got to start looking at your 
at your trip back and i said mm-hmm. i don't i don't i don't want to go back mm-hmm. and she was like well you can't you can't stay here you know i gotta i gotta get you back to your parents mm-hmm. and i was like no I'll, I'll figure it out and so um i started going door to door i looked at where the the high school was for the neighborhood and i started in that radius kind of going door to door and, and seeing uh which apartment complex I would stand a chance at getting in at mm. and um, seeing what the most affordable um, one bedroom would be or studio apartment and um, one of the one of the one of one of the women in the le- in a leasing office for a building was uh, I mean it, she she felt bad for me mm-hmm. she she took pity she said I know she she was. Uh, she was also she was a Mexican woman, and she said, "I've got a kid about your age, and, and uh, he's in college right now, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine if he would be in your shoes." So, like, let me see what I can do. And, and she put me in touch with some folks that were looking for for a roommate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was four of us, it was three grown men and me, a seventeen year old, uh, sharing a one bedroom mm-hmm. apartment. But um, I loved every second of it. You know, what year was that? I was in 2010. Oh man, about 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, 2010, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, I uh, just decided to to finish high school to at least give my parents that before getting off, going off to Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I set off to do that, and then got distracted with food. I needed I needed money to to pay my share of of the apartment, mm-hmm. and so I. Uh, one constant thing throughout my life has been that I've always loved eating. Mm-hmm. Everybody in my family um, either knows me as Mago or the older folks know me as Gordo. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I was just a, a butter ball. And <laughs> I've always loved to eat, and uh, it stuck with me. And uh, my parents got divorced. Like I said, mm-hmm. I went to live with my dad, and, and he just he made it very clear early on that, like, I'm your father and I love you, but mm-hmm. really we're we're roommates, you know. If you got if you want to eat, you got to cook it for you yourself, yeah, you yeah. know, and you got to work and you got to take care of yourself. I'll help you where I can, but but he was working so much mm-hmm. that uh I ended up having to learn how to how to do that for myself and and I really liked it. Um and so learn how to chop it up in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean it was bad. It it, yeah. it was bad at first. I remember checking out like Rachel Ray cookbooks and <laughs> You do the Rachel Ray Pozole. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore, but I, I, it was bad for a second. I, I would just make stuff that was not healthy for you. But I was mm-hmm. like, well, I made it, so I got to eat it now. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you learn, I think, just making those mistakes and, and having forcing yourself to eat it when that's all you have. So, um, But by the time I got to Houston, I was pretty comfortable making certain things. And uh, the 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 three uh guatemaltecos that i was sharing that apartment with they Mm -hmm. were all chefs at a at a restaurant and they were just fascinated by by my journey up to that point and and what i was doing and and uh super super welcoming and super willing to help as well and so they were like i kind of tossed this idea of selling food at school and they're like yeah we can get you this this sazon from the restaurant and they couldn't tell me what it was at the time now as an adult and, and as a cook myself like i was like oh it was white pepper with with a couple other things but uh i tasted that and i was like okay 
this is this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. I can I can make some money off of this to to pay my rent. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I started uh going to La Michacana and, and La Moreliana and the panaderias and I started looking at what ingredients they had there mm-hmm. and, and what, what what I could afford and, and trying to think about what I could make and, and conceptualize carrying to school and, and I decided on tortas and so yeah I just I bought the stuff to make some well I, I went around school first and, and started asking folks hey if I if I sold you a torta for I think it was it was $12 I think I said at the time if I sold you a torta for $12 and it had this this and this on it and I gave you some sabritas and a coca and some some fruit and, and a bag of chips. Would you? Is that something you would be into? And mm-hmm. they were like, "Yeah, sign me up." When oh, well, are you, when yeah. are you doing it? And so that's how I started. I saw the kind of the the response to it, and so I did it, and and uh, ended up from that point forward, really just like selling out every day. Of like, I I, rem- I remember still like I could carry twelve twelve of those meals, twelve mm-hmm. tortas. And I had a yelera with drinks, a lonchera with all the tortas, another bag that had all the chips and, mm-hmm. and peanuts and fruits. And, and then I had my backpack with all my books and my work. And, and uh, I would show up to school just like a, a, hot, <laughs> ma- a hot mess. But but Houston's a different different animal. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like the teachers would buy from me. And, nice. and they would let me store my stuff in their room so I wasn't carrying it around all day. And you'd hear them saying, here comes a torta. Here comes the torta man. <laughs> so uh, that was really kind of my my beginnings in food. What uh, which what high school did you go to in Houston? Stephen Poole Waltrip in uh, Northwest Houston. Okay, it's the the claim to fame is the that's the high school that the Undertaker went to. Went to yeah. okay, but and so that high school got two legends, you know, <laughs> Mago and the and, and Undertaker, <laughs> Mago and then Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, how um. So you figure that out. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, you know, make the hustle. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could have, you know, easily gone the route on the the Valio Madre and, and you know started hustling a different route. Oh yeah. Um, we chose to sell tortas, and because you saw what you know the seasoning, so you got to taste it. You got to you know experience it. Yeah. And you got to you know in your mind, okay, this is what I've, I I know I can do. Um. That opened your your mind to your vision to like expand it and not just you know do something that like say could have would have gotten you in trouble, um, and and a lot of it that's a conscious decision because you're at, you know at that age you, you know especially when you're faced in these situations you either gonna go try to do the right way right way or you're gonna go end up doing the wrong way yeah and and then I'm glad you're able to choose you know the right way you know. I'm glad that you didn't end up going in a path where it could have been easy because of your situation to the rail and just falling like in bad hands or you know bad habits. Oh yeah, that would lead to you know your your. I feel like like your 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 goal was to get somewhere and and, and you know at the, at the end of the day like make your living and you didn't choose to do that the easy way. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's definitely testament again to my parents mm. you know, and, and seeing their their hustle and, and their struggle and, and it, it again it would just for me personally it would feel um too disrespectful or, or destructive to to what the amount of 
sacrifice and work that they've put in mm-hmm. um, to get me where I'm at um, to just go the easy route. And so I've, I've always kind of had that for, for good or for bad. You know, sometimes it can be too much. I know, I know uh, in Latino or, or Mexican families, oftentimes you're, mm-hmm. you're up against that, uh, um, not taboo, but uh, just uh, a stigma of, mm-hmm. uh, of what's right and what's wrong, yeah. you know, and uh, what your, what your, what your tios and tias are going to say about you. But, uh, but no, it's always been kind of, it's always loomed over me of like, what would my parents do and, and what have they done up to this point? And, mm-hmm. and uh, just trying to be mindful of what I am doing. Um, and then also um, dealing again with being undocumented at the time. It gave me, um, um, I've always, I've always been super inquisitive and, and I know I've like, I've loved just challenging other people's preconceived notions or, or, or absolutes on, mm-hmm. on certain things. So um, it also gave me this cool space to operate within where I was like, I'm going to do things within the within the rules but i'm still gonna break the ones that i don't that little gray with. area yeah the yeah. gray area and, and that's kind of the space that that i live in really to this day of like ultimately wanting yeah like i said to bring other folks up but but also understanding that it's like it's not black or white it's not black or white you know you shouldn't always follow the rules like uh-huh. uh, it's too life's too short so. you know um that's actually say as I grew up, uh, I grew up in a Christian environment yep. where you know super conservative. It's either o eres frío o eres eres o eres uh, caliente, pero yep. tibios los va a vomitar Dios del reino de los cielos. And I'm like, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but then I started grow, I started growing up. It's it's um, I started thinking. My mind is like my conviction is not the same conviction as this guy in the altar that's telling me how to live. Um, you know the music that I want to listen to. You know if I want to drink a beer or not. Uh, I mean, whatever he ended up doing worked out for him, and that's great. You know he chose to be either black or white. Yeah. But not everybody's in that same scenario because you're 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 you know the way you feel is different than him, the way you think is different than him, or or him and her or her. So, and that's one thing that I, I also started to, you know, embrace is just that it, you just try to find your, your, you know, your comfort, not your comfort, but like know your limits. Like, you know, you can't be too, too, too loose, but you can also be too, too strict. Yeah. You know, you know when you can stop. Uh, know when, say, for example, you feel like you're going a little too hard on the weekends. Yeah. Know when you're like, you know what? Maybe for this next couple of weeks, I'm gonna take it easy and you know watch yeah. movies and eat ice cream at the house, um, and and that's a lot of times that's that helps from experiences in life. Yeah. Because I feel like if you didn't learn from those gray areas, then you would not know how to react to real life situations, um, especially like say now in in life where there's so many different options and there's so many different. Um, we're so overly saturated with social media and everything. Yep. So I feel like as, as you grow, how to know, you know, your boundaries in those gray areas, you know how to, you know, live a, a, a more, you know, a, a life with a little more uh, guidance, a life with a little more structure. 
you know, where, okay, I know this curve right here, if I make it too sharp, I will learn madre. So let me just, you know, get in that curve, but find my way in so yeah. I can get over the hill. Um, I think about it as uh, we were driving up and uh, going on the volcano. The, the you know, the, the narrow, you know, the narrow path going up and driving, you have to learn how, you know, okay, I need to make this turn, but I have to like stay within before, you know, my car flips over. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a, uh, as, as immigrants, especially, um, we have to face that. Like say it's easier for someone that, you know, that has a palace or was born here, Yeah. you know, to, to, you know, have a little more of a, uh, lenience or leverage. But like with us, it was more like, tienes que estar más al tiro porque algo, algo malo, a bad step or, you know, a misstep. Yeah, you said all. Yeah, no, you're, you're held, um, to a higher standard, uh, by, by your own, you know, by your family, by mm -hmm. yourself. Um, but also by the government and other folks, you know, in that example, um, actual citizens you know it's always like well mexicanos this or mexicanas that you know and it's like well no there's yeah when you're talking about a big group of folks it's like yeah there's there's some folks that are not playing by the rules or there's some folks mm -hmm. that are doing x thing but uh but it's not it's not indicative of the whole the whole the whole population yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah it ends up being this there's really big pressure i think and and, and unfortunately for a lot of folks uh, too much at times where it like almost uh, um, hinders you or, or or inhibits you from taking risks or, or, or doing certain things that, that you could really enjoy or, or, or that you would possibly thrive in, but, but you're not able to because you're afraid because you've been told you're not allowed to do these things. Mm -hmm. Um a running joke that I have with my wife Hayden is that uh, she'll point out sometimes when when I'm doing I I still haven't to this day I still don't have uh, a valid driver's license and, and now it's on me you know I can I can actually go and get it now yeah, I, just, yeah. I just need to make the appointment but with COVID and bureaucracy the DMV is always backed up yeah, yeah. and I'm always working so I've, I've put it off and. And um, it's entirely on on myself now. But, but a running joke is that she'll say, uh, "Well, you're driving illegally." And I'm like, "Yeah, I've I've always done everything clandestinely, you yeah. know." And 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 that's something I've I've been very fortunate to to get comfortable with mm -hmm. and know where I can like, yeah, that's the rule or that's the law. But it's not actually for for what's good or for what's bad. Mm -hmm. It's for it's for other reasons you know and i'm I'm comfortable um breaking that because i'm also i mean i'm also one of the best drivers i know you know i've never been in any accidents mm -hmm. never even been close you know it's like but uh it's really tough it's really tough yeah, that, uh, to live with that i uh <laughs> i had to go renew my license because <laughs> uh, of my daca was renewed and i um the, the timing of it was just weird because my, my thing was just you know within days of expiring yep. so i'm like all right i guess i have to go but i forgot to make an appointment so um someone like you know if you show, if you show up early sometimes they take one or two people in so i yep. showed up like 
six in the morning. Oof. And uh, by that time, I go in there, and there was, you know, they already had filled those empty spots. And yeah. I was like, dang it. However, in the counter, there was this lady that didn't speak English, and the, uh, the like, say, the, the person that works there didn't speak Spanish. So I'm like, oh, this is my opportunity. So... <laughs> I'm over here like, I can help you translate. Oh, thank you very much. Like, no, 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 no worries. So I'm over here translating for them. And then uh, as soon as they're done, she's like, how can I help you? You know, like, actually, I do need your help. She's like, you didn't make an appointment. Like, I didn't. She's like, okay, come tomorrow. Uh, Let me open up really quick. So she she was able to, like, give me an appointment earlier there. So sometimes, you know, just... Being a translator helps out, I, you know. Yes, just being human, <laughs> and, and that's a thing, right? Where it's like, no, like you're saying, it's like you're you're held to a different standard. It's yeah. like a different set of rules, but uh, I think you can sometimes you, you can take advantage of it. It's not often, but but sometimes you can use that to your advantage. It's like when the opportunity is there, that's when you got to take advantage yeah. of it. Because it's usually an uphill battle, you know. It's yeah, like, it's rough. You, like we're talking about licenses right now. It's like. Um, as a U.S. citizen, you, you grow up, and I don't, I don't know what it is, 16, mm-hmm. 17, that you can start getting your license yeah, yeah. and going out on the road. And oftentimes you're super afraid or super reckless, you know, but regardless, you're, you're kind of making things worse on yeah. the road for everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can just happily go about your life um, from that point forward. And for someone that's uh, undocumented, it's like you can be the best driver in in anywhere. You know, you can be the best driver on earth, and you constantly have that over your shoulder. Yeah, like, you look at a cup, you're like this. Yeah. You're driving like this. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, look the wrong way or breathe differently for fear that you'll get pulled over because it's like that means potentially you're going back to your country yeah. and and you know like like i said either everything you've built or everything your parents did or or your grandparents you know it's like it all goes tumbling down just like that yeah. very quickly and um i've had my run-ins with it my mother was detained by ice and she was in a in a in a I mean, essentially, essentially, prison is what the, what it was. Mm. Um, but she was in a holding facility um, indefinitely. I think it ended up being around a month. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it's a different set of standards and a different set of rules. Where it's like, unlike uh, the U.S. criminal systems, like they don't even tell you how long you're in there for. You you're know? just in there. You're in there. Yeah. For for being a person, mm-hmm. you know, and and you're in there until they say that you're you're not or until they say that you're going back home so um yeah it's 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 rough yeah man i uh we went so we were in california and we went back because my dad got pulled over after after a parent teacher conference and and basically in that time like i did not like school so we're in the car and my dad was like man we should just go back to mexico and after he said that and then it's like oh crap so then um he ended up going to jail for 10 10 days and he signed a voluntary leave so we ended up going back to mexico but that kind of helped me you know like say it was tough because i'm you know i love california i love living there even though like we had the worst financial situation you know you can have um but uh going back to mexico helped me 
you feel more connected to the culture. Yeah. Because I feel like if, if like say in California, it was you know being being Mexican, it was it was looked down on. So going back to Mexico, you know, embracing like who I am as a Mexican, embracing who I am and what I do, and you know where I'm from. When I came back, it was it was like uh, another culture shock because you're coming in, we're like ah, oh, Mexican, this and that. We're coming into a place where there's a lot of Mexicans, but there's like different type of Mexicans. You oh, know, yeah. there's from El Norte, so. Over time, that gets that gets better, but um, in that time, like say, you know, when my dad was in jail for ten days, it was like, you know, we're gonna have to get an attorney or just send a volunteer leave, and it was like the longest ten days, you know, that happened. And once we we're like, all right, we're gonna go back, and we were at the border in um, in San Diego, and it was just, you know, going, you know, and taking a taxi to Tijuana, so you can see all your dreams like just flashing like in front of you like just like going from san diego you can see it turns into mexico and you're like crap i can't go back but then we come back and you know the same thing is just after crossing the border you know you're in you're like in truck like sardines you look up after taking a nap and you see the billboards yeah. you know in something that's familiar so you're like okay we're back in we're back in the game now let's do this yeah now it's I don't know. It's always super, uh, super humbling and, and um, super humanizing. I don't know if that's a real word, mm -hmm. you know, but it makes me feel more connected when I hear folks say, you know, something like what you just said, where it's just like, yeah, I also was looking at billboards. Yeah. And there's just this strange, not strange, it's just this, this interconnectedness. You know, as, as an immigrant, as a person, you know, as a human being, um, to know that you're you're not alone, you know, and yeah. you're not the first to do it, and, mm -hmm. and you won't be the last, and and there's other folks that have gone through it, you know, and it's like that's something that's something I wish I would have heard as a kid, you know, mm -hmm. looking at looking at college and, and looking at life and. and I wish I would have had someone in my corner to say, hey, like it's all—it's gonna be all right. Mm -hmm. you know, we've, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we've done it, and we can do it, and it's not gonna be easy by any means. But but there's a way, and and uh, that's again, that's 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 part of the reason why I, I like to build other people up because it's like, hey, maybe maybe you haven't been told that that you're pretty, pretty fucking cool, you know, or you're, yeah, yeah. you're good at this, or you're, you're funny, or you're smart, you know. It was like, let's let's find those things in each other and, and, and create instead of just destroying and bring people down. Yeah. Breaking things down, you know, that's too easy. And it's like yeah. That, that, uh, that, that makes sense. Um, because like a lot of the times, even, you know, sometimes as Latinos, you know, we have the tendency of bringing each other down, especially yeah. when we're not from here, you know, or someone's not from here. Um, uh, someone that made it, um, uh, they're easier to look someone down. It's kind of like, wait, I mean, I saw you, and I saw you who you were yeah. back in the days. Oh, sorry. Let me get you some more beer. Ay, güey. Lo tienes que tomé mezcal. Amanecí casi muerto. No, no, no. A besitos, besitos. Hambre, güey. Así era. Y era de... Pero es que también... Y era de... Pa, pa, pa. Y era de llegando a la casa, güey. Tú el olor de mezcal. El sabor de mezcal como por una semana, güey. 
Sa, sa, sa. Y eso sí, me dijeron, no, es suavecito, así, house. Sa, Me hubieran dicho, yo soy bien trancado. No, el mezcal es a, a besitos. A besitos. Mm. Salud. Salud. So, uh, yeah, man. I think, I think, uh, I think in a Hispanic community, we have to find ways to, you know, to uplift each other. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, not, not, not feel like everything's a competition or, you know, because someone has... Something nice. It's like, oh man, I gotta beat him at that. Like, nah, dude. Find your own swag. Find your own, uh, you know, rhythm. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, if you see something that you, someone that you admire, you know, that's good. But don't try to copy it. Um, and we have, we tend to have that, you know, that the thing where we we either see something and we want to replicate exactly the same. Or we see something or someone making it and we want to, you know, we're envidiosos. Yeah. But um, that that's good how you're you're trying to bring the good from everyone. Uh, I think that's why every time, you know, we go play pickup, everybody's around it. Like, you know, there's a group of, you know, 10, 10 you know, verdes and murgas hanging out with you and, and Hayden because you guys, you know, the conversation is always just, you know, capping on each other, but, you know, in, in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's surreal at times because um, I've actually like, um, both Hayden and I have have struggled with like, um, social anxiety. Yeah, and and uh, I mean just anxiety in general, really, really, um, and also being a little or a lot awkward and, and not knowing what to say and and. Uh, um, never really feeling like we've been able to have um, too many friends, mm-hmm. but um, with this with this group, you know, it's it's been it's been nice to be able to to connect and and kind of feel a part of that community. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, yeah, it's like I'm the first one to dog on you, but in good fun. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And it's like I can I can make fun of something, but I can also see like ten things in you. That that I love and yeah. that I want to highlight because that's that's what really matters, you know. The other stuff, it's like, yeah, it's just human, superficial. <laughs> yeah, it's superficial or it's just normal, you know. We all we all fart, we all <laughs> <laughs> even Beyonce, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even Beyonce. Maybe not Rihanna. Not Rihanna. Oh, not she's gonna be in the Super Bowl performing. I, I, uh, I heard. I'm super excited. She's back. Ah, uh, that's badass, dude. <laughs> this day, uh, how do you and 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 Hayden me- meet? We met. Uh, so, like I said, I moved down uh, to to Texas. Uh, I thought I was gonna finish out high school in in Houston, and and uh, ended up visiting Austin um, because of an uncle that I had here, and just was visiting him over mm-hmm. over winter break. Uh, he went to pick me up from Houston, and. He really suckered me in. Kind of sh- went, took me to Zilker, <laughs> Mount Bonnell, uh, all the all the Austin institutions, and uh, I was like, I want to stay. And so I started. I lived with him, finished mm-hmm. out my last year of high school, and uh, I met her uh, out in Bastrop. That's where I went to high school at, and um, I played soccer with her brother, mm-hmm. um, and that was at this point twelve years ago. But um, we. 
I found out later, you know, I, I had this big old crush on her, but again, with anxiety and, yeah, yeah. and not being comfortable talking to folks, I was too nervous to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out later, you know, she also had a big old crush on me, um, <laughs> but it wasn't until it wasn't until um, just a few years ago um, with you fast forward and me living in Austin and, and running Paprika and uh the pandemic starts and just posting on like Instagram and we had kept in touch just loosely, you know, just mm-hmm. like, Oh, that looks cool when you're on trips and stuff and just saying hello and stuff, but, but never really getting to know each other too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pandemic happened and I was on there just desperately saying like, come eat with us, you know, cause we would get five people coming come meet sometimes, with us, huh? come eat with us. And, and she stopped by, you know, she's like, Oh, I went to high school with this guy and played soccer with my brother. And mm-hmm. she stopped by to, to get some food and, and say hi. And, and, uh, after that, I just was like saying, thank you. And, and the conversation just went from there and mm-hmm. we started, uh, just started talking really every day. And then, and then, it turned into like a hike and then a date and then uh before you knew it we were, we were getting married so so you you had paprika uh open during the pandemic or yeah i uh opened up just before the pandemic october of 2019 mm-hmm. i uh we were mobile and uh was it you by yourself or con- oh. not not i couldn't do it by myself mm-hmm. ever you know that's that's something i think folks don't don't realize that there's there's definitely there's services that I've worked by myself and and there's a lot of components mm-hmm. that I can do on my own but but it's not a one man show I've mm-hmm. had a lot of a lot of help over the years it's uh we're going on 3 years now of paprika and uh, in the very beginning uh it was uh my madrecita really it was my mother that was that instrumental yeah. oh, that's good. I called her and I told her what I was was thinking of doing um, and taking a chance on, and uh, she said, "Whatever you need." And I was like, "Well, I think I need your help. I think I need you down here." To You're help. like, "I need two things: uh, your help, and also I'm trying to get you know talk to this this lady over here." Yeah. Um, and I'm shooting my shot, so I need time yeah. for me to take her out yeah. on a trail walk. No, it was it was uh, it was a big ask, but I uh, she was like I said, just that that. D- determination to to see her family succeed she was she was down for it and i flew up to indiana and then we drove one of her cars mm-hmm. back down here and yeah she she lived with me she stayed with me i was single at the time she stayed with me for a year mm-hmm. and helped me work on the truck it was pretty rough shape when i bought, I bought it used and mm-hmm. uh but just having this vision of what it could be and we we made it happen we put it to work and and still remember like the first service that we had we used to go to offices and and uh, i remember going out and just being completely just getting our asses kicked the first service was was awful yeah and uh but i again i loved every second of it and uh we just we just went from there started building it and uh yeah she 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 helped me for the first couple of months and then the pandemic happened and uh, I, i didn't know what was going on, but I knew I didn't want her exposed to anything. So mm-hmm. started having her stay at home and, and eventually she ended up, uh, moving, going back to Indiana. Mm-hmm. I was doing it by myself for a little while. And, 
and throughout it yeah meeting meeting hayden mm-hmm. and she's uh she's she'd been a teacher for like the last seven years and was really good at it but was just so so willing and ready to help that she uh as we started to 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 get closer and closer she would drop in and be like i want to want to help on tuesday mm-hmm. she'd come in after her her day at school and and um it turned into like oh well, what about thursday and then what about saturday and and uh i mean she again with with the women uh figures in my life i'm always just grateful and and, and amazed by by the strength and, mm-hmm. and uh, determination that they have and, and the amount of work that they're able to put in without expecting anything in mm-hmm. return she was uh she was working two full-time jobs you know she was working at school full-time um, and then she would clock out and, and come to paprika and, and pull another full shift Orale. and that's really what kept us going for a little while so so, so whenever you guys started working together was it like as friends or yeah yeah no no we were uh so at that point we were i mean When we were dating, she was just um, helping out for just really to spend time together. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you're by yourself, so I can, I can uh, stand she here. She took advantage of the situation. <laughs> I can stand it, here and she's say like, I can, I can help you with tortillas, y, yeah. you know. Ay, loco. <laughs> well, now she doesn't want anything to do but the tortillas. So she started, <laughs> I started off saying, hey, help me on the window and talk to people and yeah. cook their food. And now she cooks more than I do. She, mm-hmm. she doesn't want anything to do with the window. She wants to... Make all the tortillas cook. and yeah. the carnitas and everything, and, and she's good at it. She's really good at it. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a journey, and then uh, we got married at the truck actually. Really? Yeah, we it was uh, early on in the pandemic. We didn't want to have a bunch of folks gathering. We didn't have the money for a wedding, mm-hmm. so we uh, we. We had a couple of my uh, tios and tias come by. One of my tios was going to be the one of my, my cousins was going to be the the officiant, the, mm. the, the ordained minister, and then her folks and, and her siblings. And we just said, "Yeah, we're, we'll do it in front of the truck." You know, that's kind of what we've been doing day to day, and uh, that's all we know right now. And so we all hung out at the truck. We catered our own wedding and made a big olla, frijoles charros. <laughs> oh, hell. And we made, uh, I think one of my tias brought some galletas de boda. And, and, uh, but then while we were in our little, like, Target outfits, um, I think when, like, one o'clock came around, we mm-hmm. said, all right, todos pa' fuera. We kicked everyone out, and we uh, put our aprons on. And we, yeah, dale. We, we <laughs> put, now let's pay for the frijoles. Yeah, we put up the trompo, and we had a we had a full service after nice. that. We had a full work day, so it's like, I don't know. It's something that I look back on fondly. I know it's not like the, the wedding I think anybody yeah. would really yeah. want or ask for, but I I loved every, I love it because it's mm-hmm. uh, it's ours, and it's, I think, indicative of a of, uh, what we bring to the table, what mm-hmm. we're about. So so Hayden, she was a teacher, and then she she ended up, um, you know, like quitting, quitting her job and just coming here for like full-time, full-time? Or? Just recently, actually, uh, this summer. Okay. Um, teaching is, is one of those professions that's like critical, you know, mm-hmm. prob- one of, if not the most, one of the most critical um, 
things that you can do um, for a society, but it's super under undervalued yeah, and yeah. underpaid. Um, so she was kind of grappling with that, and then at the same time, um, dealing with her husband. You know, trying to make his make his vision happen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, she ended up. We 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 talked through it, and, and it was, uh, it was. I mean, it was very much her. Her uh, her decision and her idea to to leave school and, and come over to Paprika full time and so yeah that's what that's what we do now. Yeah. When uh, when did y'all get married? We got married in oh that's a that's a hot that's a hot que- that's a loaded question if I get <laughs> if I get this one wrong on camera. <laughs> no, we got married in. Uh, I keep saying last year because it really feels like it's been a yeah, it's yeah. been a blur, but it's been it's been two years now. We celebrated two years in uh, in July. Um, July twenty twenty. July twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we got my wife and I. We got married in uh, September twenty twenty. So okay, yeah. It does feel like a year. Like it, it does feel like, like the voila. Yeah. Um, because of everything. So now, and I, w- I would like say, for example, I probably would also be saying August and. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. or no. July, and my birthday's in July, and I don't know, but... Oh, no, I get in trouble for it, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, even, like, birth... any Anything, the dates, times, numbers, I'm I'm lousy with. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I got married in the truck, uh, and then you ended up... Yeah. Um, man, that's a, that's a unique thing. And then, hating coming in... Um, what was like? Say for example, whenever you had paprika, and then Hayden come in, do you feel like her touch, you know, was it noticeable, or or how was how was that process for y'all? Yeah, no, it's it's been super, super defining. Um, initially, it, it was tough to let go of things, especially because I had been doing it by myself for a little while um, because it was so intimate. Paprika's always been, and, and I always want it to be um, an expression and, and uh, a representation of, of who I am and, and, and what I want to put out into the world. Um, it was tough to, to deal with any, like, outside criticism or yeah. like Hayden saying like, Oh, I think we should do this differently or, or you're doing this and it's not making money. And I'm like, yeah, but that's my, that's <laughs> my food or that's for my people, yeah. you know? And it's like, so it's definitely tough at first. Um, but now it's like, she's, I mean, she's put in the work and it's also, um, I mean, Hayden is a white woman and, and that's been, uh, something that we always, I know she struggles with being a Mexican uh, concept of Mexican food owned by a Mexican, you know, it's like, um, but it's been something that's been super constructive uh, over time where it's just like how, how to exist, how to be real, you know, <laughs> with what we're doing where it's like, um, we're able to kind of have that, that dual mindset or approach to things of like, what would a paisa say if he saw this price on this taco? Mm-hmm. You know, and she's able to like, oh, what would a white girl say if she looked at this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like we're able to kind of look at things from from two different angles where we're 
she'll say or I'll say, oh, I never thought about it like that, you mm-hmm. know, but you're right. Yeah. So we try to try to meet meet in the middle somewhere and, and make it kind of true to ourselves and, and, and what we want to what we want to do. So. So that that's uh so like talking about that um how you're you're trying to serve two different segments el paisa and 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 the you know the the person that can pay for it yeah and actually you could probably even pay more si le si le sigue rascando un poquito más oh yeah um what what is something like say for example uh making a decision like way it can be because for example for me when I first for paprika that was an Indian drug yeah. Uh, and, I, and then uh, and then I saw like oh crap and that's actually a, a taco they sell tacos yeah. and in my mind I'm like it must be someone that you know that paprika and they, they're probably just like vegan tacos yeah. and then uh, and then I saw like say for example I saw the trampo like hi hey, that looks that looks good and then uh, not until I, got, I met you I didn't know like you were the owner until uh, someone was like paprika cuando cuando está abierto and then I was like and I, and I, I think I started following you on social media And then I saw you there, and I'm like, either he works there or he he uh, I mean, he has something to do with it. But it didn't click yeah. my mind. You're 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 you know you're you're actually the one that runs the show. And then I didn't know, like, say for example, Hayden was there until like I went and bought food. Like, oh hey Hayden, like hey. <laughs> yeah, no, it's something we don't like to. Uh, I, I think both of us, you know, we're not we don't think it. We don't think it merits any special attention or any mm-hmm. favors. You know, we don't like to brag about it because it's, I mean, it's a fucking grind. It's a grind day in and day out. And, um, you, there's, I mean, to this day, there, like I said, I was at pickup earlier. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I'll go to, to pickups with Los Verdes and La Murga. And, and there's always people that'll say, hey, I heard you're the the taco guy. You know, yeah. I heard you at Paprika, and I'm like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. I work there, I make tacos, and it's like, uh, you really kind of have to pry it out of us that that we, like you said, run the show yeah. because that's not what we. That's not why we got into it. That's not why I, why I've been building it. You know, it's not for the the accolades or or, or, or any of it. You know, it's it's really to to be able to, I mean, a sustain ourselves to, to survive but but be to be able to bridge that gap between folks that you know on are looking at it on the one side as like hey this is very familiar you know we have suadero we yeah. have pastor and it's on a trompo you know the palitos and it's like And then folks that, at times, character or uh, fetishize it, you know, or look at it as from like, yeah, I love Mexican food, but I want like guac and I want yeah. this, you know. And it's like I'm like you said, it's like I'm willing to pay whatever for it, but I want this. And it's like they their idea of what Mexican food is and what Mexican people are, and um, trying to trying to be that bridge between that really, you know, of like being accessible and ubiquitous while still being still being true and genuine mm-hmm. you know and something that that uh that i think i think folks find comfort in that's, that's what i tell folks that we do you know it's like we make comfort food we make tacos primarily but mm-hmm. the service the music 
the food, the flavors are all in the hope of making you feel comfortable and, and hopefully either reconnecting with something that you may have grown up with or mm -hmm. that your folks may have grown up with or forming this new bond, mm -hmm. you know, this, new, this new tradition. We have a lot of folks that are like, we do paprika every Saturday for the pastor and mm -hmm. like we've seen a couple pregnancies over the years you know and they're like you're the first meal like i mean we've literally had um a person that uh stopped by while their wife was in uh was in the hospital in in labor or mm -hmm. or i guess it would be yeah no just going into labor and they were taking food over there and it was like we want she wanted i asked her what she wanted and she said paprika, paprika yeah. make it happen and so <laughs> They were there, you know, and we've we've seen a couple of folks like have their have their babies be born, and they're like, we wanted um, we wanted this to be the celebratory meal or mm -hmm. the first meal, you know, and we're like always super touched by that because it's like we're forming these these bonds and mm -hmm. and these connections with our community, and uh, that's really what we're after, and. Uh, was was like say for example uh, before the you know like say the whole Austin FC Los Verdes Samura came about. Yeah. Um, what was the like the was the clientele for you guys? Was just like you guys already have clientele before that, or I mean, I'm pretty sure it grew as you guys joined Los Verdes and Amurga because people heard about you owning paprika and want to support a friend's business. But before that, like you know, did you you know you already have like a pretty set you know like. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, we've had to fight for every single person that comes. But uh, I think, again, going from early on in the pandemic, I remember like some most days we were lucky to have five folks come mm -hmm. through and I was jumping up and down and I would, I would call Hayden because she wasn't even on the truck at that point, but mm -hmm. I would, I would call her and I would tell her, I was like, we got seven people today. That's good. I think we can do ten. You yeah. know, if we can just get ten, we'll make it. We'll be able to do it and keep the truck going. Um, but over time, and and uh, as we've changed our menu and 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 how we do things, and even our location, um, we started to see folks in the neighborhood coming through. Just. Mm -hmm. Just coincidentally, or because they saw us on Google, and, and uh, start to have these really good experiences, and then relay that to their friends and family. Mm -hmm. A Google review, you know, um, and it start to spread, and then them being hooked, you know, and like, unless you live far away or andas amargado, like yeah. most people that eat with us come back. That's yeah, good. No, unless it's not convenient for you, you know, there's many reasons why yeah. it may not be possible. But like for the most part, it's like folks when they eat with us, they come back and they want more. And sometimes we'll see somebody come for the first time, and they come back three times that same week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you no, know, we're like, hey, no judgment. Like you do your <laughs> thing. It's actually better for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like you do your thing. We're happy to serve you, but uh, they get bashful about it because um, I, I try to. Both of us really, we try to remember. Uh, and connect with with the people that come through. So like the names, I can't I can't keep up with, but the mm -hmm. faces and the personalities and the interests and things like that. You know that folks share when they're at the window. It's like 
I try to keep a running catalog of those and say, hey, you're you're so-and-so and you do this, right? How did, how did your team do this weekend? Yeah. Or, or how's the baby? Or, you know, and, like, just try to stay in, in constant um, contact with folks. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've seen the... We've seen the community grow uh, with with the progression of the pandemic, and then we had the big freeze here in Texas, and uh, we saw it kind of really solidify then when we were like, we don't know what's going to happen. We can't open up. We we ended up uh, deciding we, same thing. We cooked a big olla, frijoles charros, yes. and we made some carnitas tacos, and we said, hey, it's free for anyone that can make it here safely. Like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get you fed. And we just saw this outpouring of folks come through, and, and it wasn't even in a sustenance. It wasn't even, like, feed us. It was like they were like, hey, we want to pay you for this. We yeah. want to help you out, you know, and, like, you're doing your thing. We want to help and contribute. Mm-hmm. And you really started to get this sense of, like, oh, shit, we have folks that believe in us and have our backs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just started to grow from there, and so we definitely have been building this this community, and are um, helping build this community, and, and uh, join Los Verdes really without any without any vested interest in mm-hmm. uh, in regards to paprika. You know, I just I joined it because um, I I mean, like I said, I I ran away from home to yeah. go play soccer, so I've just been obsessed with football yeah. my entire life and and really when i started hearing about austin fc i was like whoa i never thought that i would be able to be this close to something mm-hmm. like that and, and just being fascinated by it and we went to the, f- the inaugural home match and uh, i think we were in this i can't remember the, n- the section but we were just to the right of the supporter section mm-hmm. and i remember hearing la murga and seeing folks going wild and singing the songs and trying to sing back what I a little bit that I knew and just yeah. being just being hooked and saying I want a part of that but um, trying to be mindful and careful of like it's not it's not a it's not a it's not a business venture mm-hmm. for us you know and that's why like I said you kind of have to pry it out of us really to this right. to this day within Los Verdes there's a lot of folks that don't don't realize that that's what that's what we do because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get any like advantage or, or, or further advancement out yeah, of that yeah. you know it's like we uh we just we just love watching playing mm-hmm. uh, eating breathing football so it's like like i said i mean it's literally to the point where we uh we'll put our business mm-hmm. at risk sometimes because we're like we got to go to the stadium. So, we're like, we, we got to close down early today. <laughs> on us. Yeah, on us. <laughs> You're still making the specials like, hey, two for one. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, let's go. So, um, but, but no, uh, being a part of, of uh, Los Verdes community, and I, I think there's a lot of parallels between, between Los Verdes and, and Paprika and, and what we stand right. for mm-hmm. and what we're willing to stand for, you know, and, and speak out on. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, it's been super nice and super cool to, like, find those parallels and, and mesh and really be like, hey, we're here for you and, you, and you're here for us. You yeah. Know? And, yeah, since, uh, I'd say in the last couple of months, we've really seen, like, a number of folks come through just to show some love. That's and good. And, and, and same thing. You know, once they're there, they're like, oh, I was just here to 
show some love, but now I'm like, now I'm hooked. Now, even if I didn't want to be here, I got now you're I, here. I got to come for the solero, <laughs> or I got to come for the trompo. Yeah. You know? So we, uh, no, we're, we're super, super grateful for it, and and always super excited to see see where it goes mm -hmm. and what's next. So, yeah, like uh, whenever we started the the podcast, um, we started literally like the first the first episode was a couple of days before the first game. And I, I wanted to, like, say whenever, uh, because, like, say I wanted to, to get to the masses, but not in a way where, like, oh, if I join this group, I'm going to be, you know, taking advantage of the numbers they have, you know, for my purpose. It was more like if I join this group, I want to find the stories from people in here that I'm pretty sure we can get. Because my, my, my goal was to not just have two people talk the same you know, time, which is, I mean, I'm pretty sure it would, it would be good regardless, but I want to hear stories from people, and I want to hear, you know, like, say, if they own, like, a uh, uh, business, if they, you know, they did uh, some type of art, if they, you know, they, for example, Roma, Roma, I think Roma was her first uh, guest. Roma's uh, a, a gem. Uh, she's know. her and, and I mean, Serafina. Yeah, um, the world doesn't. Deserve, uh, deserve them really like that's man she's she's awesome and uh one thing that that i i when i was talking to david you know my co-collaborator in, in the past um i told him like dude we shouldn't you know since we like soccer like roma in that time she was she came out an article about yep. going to every away game and i'm like i want to see if we can she can come over yeah and then we can talk but I also wanted to, like, say, for example, barbers, because you know, I, I used to go to get my haircut almost every every other week or so. Yeah. Um, so that that time it was like I reached out to Roma and I was like, hey, you know, like, I want to hear you about your story and, you know, and everything. But I didn't know her, like, personally. Yeah. And she agreed to come. And, she, and I told her, you know, so you won't be awkward. You won't be, like, with two guys. You can bring a friend. So Serafina came with her. And that was pretty cool because after that, uh, I'm like, man, this is awesome. Like, you know, the type of people that, you know, like you see in this in this group. And in that, in that time, I really didn't know what Los Verdes and the Murga was. So and I started getting more closer to it. Then I met Rigo and I met Faris. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Rigo had like the, el, el penacho de atrás, el este, el, la, colita, la colita verde. <laughs> so then that's how I remember him. And then he came over and he talked more about the TIFO and talked more about Los Verdes and La Murga. So then I started meeting more people from, from you know, from, from the supporters. And I, was, and I said, you know what? I want to highlight as many stories from, from in this, you know, group of people as I can. Um, but my goal, like, same, same with you, is, like, never to take advantage of the numbers that they had yeah. for my benefit. It's more like, no, I want to share their stories so they can hear, you know, something that maybe they don't know about you, they don't know about Roma, yeah. they don't know about Rigo or Fadis. Um, so that ended up being pretty cool. Over time, I got more involved in hobbies. Like, say, one thing that, like, what what I would say, a turning point, a pivot for the podcast was uh, when Cookie came, and then also when I met Javi yep. Pereira. Um, we were actually, that, that, that moment when we met, it was, we were going to Houston, and Fadi's, uh, I, I went to one bus, and then Fadi's like, hey, wait. You know, I came as a smarty, and I was like, all right, cool. But I got in trouble because I switched buses without telling anybody they were looking for me. <laughs> so then, uh, but in that time, that like, gray say, area. That gray area. You got you to gotta yeah. break the rules a little bit. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, I know for sure. Like, I think if it wasn't because of that, you know, Fadi's decision, 
or like of me following him, it would have not, you know, things could have probably worked out, but not like how they worked out. So then I got to, you know, I met uh, Javi there and then also met este, ¿cómo se llama? Um, no, not Garza. El, el este, God, and, I, and I'm literally, uh, el, el que está como argentino. Oh, uh, Juanchi, 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 Juan Lara. Yeah, uh, uh, Juanchi. Juan, Juanchi. Extrañamos. <laughs> I was gonna call him Juan Lara. I forgot his, uh, I forgot his, his nickname, but I've always seen. I don't know him by Juanchi instead of Juan Lara. And I met him, and and then um, and, and there like I, I got to hang out with Javi, and then Javi was like, "Hey, you're the one that has a podcast, right?" Like, yeah. So then we started hanging out, and we got to you know become pretty good friends. And then I met Duke, and I met you know. In that time, they were doing the Pasión Verde documentary, so I helped them. So I was yeah. like, I want to jump in and help out, see what I can. But no, it, it's uh, it's one of those things that like, I, I that's what I think I like about the, the supporters group. I mean, it's not perfect. No, like every group, you know, there's you know there's uh, disagreements and then there's certain struggles. But just the fact that you know the people that are around there, like especially when you go play pickup, it's like it's fun. Like, I enjoy, every time I go, I enjoy being there. I enjoy playing with everyone. And it, it, it's good because whenever I have to go shoot at a stadium, it's easier for me to take a picture of someone and their reaction because they already know, like, okay, it's Rich is taking a picture of me and not, I want to be awkward. I actually want to be, you know, chanting and stuff. So, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, just like you said, it's like, it's real people and it's imperfect when you're dealing with any body of, of folks. But uh, once you start really getting to talk to people and, and, and getting to know folks, it's like, oh, they're they're out there. There's a lot of really cool stories yeah. and, and uh, stuff that you don't, you know, you don't expect. Mm -hmm. And um, it's super cool to be able to, like, rub shoulders and, and break bread with them you mm -hmm. know it's kind of like you mentioned carnitas del huero earlier and us going to eat there together yeah. you know and it's just like there's all these cool experiences that um where really it's like what we all had in common is is the football it's the soccer yeah but at the end of the day it's like it's almost the least important mm -hmm. is even last season when the team wasn't doing as well it's like we're still building these relationships and building these these bonds and and really, comunidad mm -hmm. through, through football, you know, and so it's like to me, it's it's uh, it's something that uh, I don't think I had ever really experienced before, mm -hmm. and it's it's super cool to be be a part of it and, and be able to see it in real time mm -hmm. how how this community grows and 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 how we go uh, grow closer as a group and and what we do when 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 challenges or problems kind of come up and. Getting to know the people that that make it up and, and what makes them tick and what makes them them, you know. Especially Rico, man, I like making <laughs> him take play soccer with him. I like picking on him just for the. Yeah, I mean, he he has like such like such a personality when he plays. So I'm just like, dude, I sort of like, hey, Rico. Well, he's got a big personality, but, but Rico's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's one of those people that I think really embodies. Um, what it means to build community. He yeah. he brings people together and and it makes it like, hey, you you and you can all come in here and we can all like have a good laugh yeah. and be cool together. You know, it's like I might throw a little 
joke at you sometime because I'm I'm super crispy, yeah. but but you're still cool. <laughs> you know, we're still here for the same thing. Yeah, so. it's like with, with Rico, I'm always like, "Si jefe, qué pasó? Algo más?" No, güey, no soy jefe, güey. Seguro porque no es como mi mamona. No, it, but, it, it no, goes I, like that. There's there's different uh, different flavors out there and, yeah. and all kinds of folks doing different different wavelengths and different speeds doing doing different things. But I think everybody uh, really pours pours their heart into it and, yeah. and contributes their little granito arena. I, I think, um, like say, for example, like like you're saying, everybody pours the granito de arena. Uh, it's in different, like, facets of, you know, how you can pour it in. Uh, like, they're, you know, they're doing banners. Someone that's very good at stitching and they already knows how to do it, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd probably, you know, you know, they'll be throwing away fabric because of my mess-ups, you know. Um <laughs> But that's an important thing because at the end of the day, like the community, that's what it's about. Um, everyone that that is there, they they all have their own personalities, but they all bring something to the table, and you can actually see it whenever the team is playing. Because no matter what happens, everybody's pretty much on the same heartbeat. Yeah, and and that's something that you know that's that's amazing about you know being part of Los Verdes and La Murga. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think uh, when I first started diving in there head first, uh, Hayden was like always been super supportive and understanding of it. But I think initially she was just like, "You're just kooky, and this is just your soccer buddies like being crazy about soccer." Yeah. But then as she started to go to more things and and get to know folks in the community like Roma and 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 really making those connections and seeing like, oh no. These are all just very real people yeah, yeah. doing, you know, doing things that they're passionate about or, or, or that they believe in. Um, but they also have all these other things that they bring to the table, you yeah. know. And, and it's like, I don't know. It's super, it's super cool. It's all, it's like, a, it's like opening up a new deck of cards or something every time where you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize you did this. Yeah. I didn't realize you were able to do this, you know, somebody knowing how to sew and, Somebody being really good um, at cooking or at pickup soccer, you know, there's mm -hmm. all these things that folks that folks kind of bring to it. And it's cool to see it kind of coalesce and, and come together and, and see how it can mm -hmm. help build each other up and then and then relay it to the team as well. So yeah, because they they can. I mean, they see it. They feel it. Yeah. I mean, look at all those comebacks. Oh yeah. You know, part of it is just literally stupid saying we had to come back because of the fans. Oh yeah. Because they all the you know the work they put last season and they you can see it um, every time they play. Um, yeah, man. Uh, one one question that I had is um, so going going to the to the truck is right now it's under you know under under some some. A construction. Yeah. Um, when when do you think you guys will open back up? Unfortunately, right now we don't have an exact date. We've got some pretty extensive repairs. This today, actually, we got some some headway on it. We started mm -hmm. getting the the fire suppression system installed, um, but really we're at the mercy of, of uh, the bureaucracy that is the health department, yeah, and yeah. then uh, getting contractors in to. To do the do their part on on their respective um, jobs, but uh, it's it's brutal. I mean, mm -hmm. it's something that we were like when it first 
when it first happened, it was like, oh, we're hoping within a week we can be up and running. And, and now it's been, I think, almost almost three weeks and, mm-hmm. and potentially potentially a couple more. So we're, we're starting to think about what we can do until we have a hard date, mm-hmm. um, what, what we can do. Did a couple of pop-ups this past weekend, and uh, mm-hmm. we've been trying to be be a little more frugal with our money. But uh, but really, we don't. I mean, that's the best answer is that we don't we don't have a hard date yet. Yeah. So, um, kind of at the again, kind of at the mercy of of, of of systems in place that you have to you have to play by those rules. There's not yeah, a whole yeah. lot of gray area. In those, yeah, in those, one of those, like uh, you gotta get it done. You yeah, know? you gotta do it, and, th- and there's no other way around it. So um, we're we're getting those tackled, and um, I mean, hopefully, it's not any longer than another two or three weeks. Okay, but uh, but yeah, no, no, no uh, finish line in mind. But with that Mexican hustle and, and ingenuity, mm-hmm. uh, it's already been rolling on. If I can't sell out of the truck, what can I do? You know, mm-hmm. I can. I can. Um, we have a commissary kitchen that that we rent out, and uh, we've that is uh, fully certified and and still up to date. And so it's like, oh, we can we can prepare food. We just can't sell it out of the truck. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, we can sell it under a tent and mm-hmm. with an outdoor grill. And that's what we did this weekend. And it's like, okay, so I'm toying with that idea of like reaching out to folks and seeing what can we set up here for the weekend. Can mm-hmm. you know so. We'll we'll see how it goes and and what happens, but uh, yeah, definitely not not throwing in the towel and, and hoping to be back up and running as soon as possible. That's good, man. Yeah. Um, the slogan uh, "No se duerman," you know, it's a tough one right now for you. Yeah. But how how are you? You know, like how how's your psyche going? How are you processing all of this mentally and emotionally? From being closed down, because I know you're a person that likes to be grinding. Yeah, no. so not grinding because you can't. Not not because you you don't want to, but because you can't. Yeah. How are you processing that? Not no se duerman. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, that's that's the that's the mindset, and that's the 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 lifestyle of like no se duerman, pónganse trucha, you know, no se agüiten. Of like, that's just what I've always uh, that's what I've grown up with. And and that's what I've tried to emulate and, and kind of push on to other folks is mm-hmm. that, like, shit's going to get hard, you know, yeah. and things are going to happen that are beyond your control, and, and sometimes they're within your control. You know, a part of this mess is, is admittedly my own fault, you know, I'm just not paying more attention to it and being mm-hmm. on top of it and being more timely, um, but you you got to keep you got to keep fighting and mm-hmm. you know you got to stay on your toes and, and keep your head on a swivel and, and uh, kind of when life gives you a sucker punch be be be, be ready to dodge it and, and and give one back you know so it's like that's that's the that's the mentality behind it of no se duerman you know it's like we say it to folks a lot when when they say oh well i tried to eat at your truck and you sold out and yeah. it's like yeah, you know, you need to think about how that made you feel, and then the next time maybe like go a little bit earlier, yeah, you yeah. know, or structure your day a little differently, and uh, and it's just something that I uh, think about in day to day, 
life where it's just like um, a better a better phrase or a phrase that I like even more is is what my uh, my namesake, my abuelito, who I'm named after, uh, Margarito, mm-hmm. always says to me is uh, "un ojo al gato y otro al garabato." It's mm-hmm. just like you got to keep one eye on the target, but then you also got to be paying attention to this mess over here, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and just stay on your toes and 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 keep trying, you know. Uh, I mentioned earlier, it's like we recently got into. Uh, rock climbing, bouldering, and mm-hmm. we're in love and addicted, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 you see it when you're out there, where it's just like it's just a set of puzzles, challenges, yeah. you know, and, and that's kind of how I look at life. Where it's just like it's really fucking hard sometimes, but but mm-hmm. there's there's a way to to get out of it and, and get to where mm-hmm. you want to be. And it's gotta you gotta really want it, and and. Yeah. and uh, Sometimes get creative with with how you uh, how you go about doing it and operate in that gray area and, and take those risks. You know, put yourself on the line. Mm-hmm. Get 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 uncomfortable. Get outside of your 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 comfort zone um, while building other people up and and uh, yeah, trying to trying to do some good. And that's good, man. Man, I'm. It's one of those things that, like, for me, it's I speak to personally uh, because as I used to, you know, I have my full-time job, and I always like having side hustles yeah. because I, I like just feeling comfortable. But then I start, I, I stopped doing those side hustles, like, say, for example, part-time job because I'm, like, I'm starting this photography thing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you can go weeks that you're busy, and there's times that not te sale. So because the thing is, whenever you're, you know, you have a side job or you have a set place that so you go in and, and you know, work. It's, it's um, you don't have to invest in equipment or you have to invest in this and that. But, like, here when you're photography, is like things get expensive because of memory cards or, you know, um, you have to, you know, say, look at, like, say, what, what can you buy or, or whatnot. So, I, I for me, it's like you're speaking to me because sometimes I'm like, man, dude, like, this weekend no me salido nada. Um, even though like my my full time job takes care of you know my living things, but the extra stuff that I want to do, yeah, it's like Nimola. It's like hey, you got to figure out either you know get a find a side hustle or find something. So I, I like doing that, and also helps me stay sane because yeah. you know if I stay at home not doing anything, me lleva la fregada. But the one thing that I've been lately doing is like enjoying more life, and I know it's kind of like a, a thing where like man, like say maybe financially up not where i was you know a couple years ago but i was able to go to like the boat party with los verdes i was able to you know to do all this stuff um and i couldn't probably do it in the past because i was you know having to work every weekend at night yeah uh my my goal was like if i don't if i'm not gonna if i'm gonna be on a weekend i'd rather be out making money than you know spending money and like say for example with the photography in La Murga, you don't get paid for it, and that's a whole day thing. Yeah. Um, gastas dinero porque sales una cheve que comprar algo de comer y todo eso. Al final de cuentas, whatever money you have saved, ahí se te va. Yeah, no, it's so, taxing. So it's one of those things that, at the end of the day, for me, the experience of just seeing that and being around that is like, you know what? Eh, it's actually not as bad as I thought. <laughs> Um, but now, nah, man, I, I, you know, I commend you for, for 
staying above, you know, like staying, you know, level-headed, staying uh, in your toes, um, especially in these times. And you haven't given, given up, and I'm pretty sure when, you know, you're able to open up the truck again, um, the, little, the little we can do here to push it, you know, we, we you know, we, we, this is not a thing we're like, oh, please come to Paprika because yeah. it needs to be open. Nah, come to Paprika because the shit is good. Yeah, if you like good, if you like good food and and you, you want to talk to the person making it, that that's why you come to Paprika, not right. not because of any promotion or anyone telling you to. You know, it's like you you do it for yourself, and then yeah. hopefully you have a good time. So yeah, man, man, Camago, man, I appreciate you. Um, I'm, you know. It's weird how things are, you know, you're having a, you're, you're spending a time in the podcast and I'm pretty sure like say that this would not happen if you had the, the truck open. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a hard time. It's a hard period to be going through, but it's at the same time, it makes me happy because I wouldn't have been able to do on a, on a Tuesday night, yeah. you know, any other week I, I would have said, no, I can't, I can't do it. You know, I wouldn't have been able to yeah, yeah. imagine it. So it's, it's not all. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. You know, it's, it's it could be worse, and and we're we're rolling with it. So, and that's good, man. And I uh, appreciate you lending us your time. Um, is there anything like, say, for example, you you want everybody, someone to know, or you know, how they how they can reach out to you in case they they have an event or they want to hire you for for their event, if you do that? Yeah, I mean, right now we're kind of open. Um, there's social media is, is very quick. My email address, um, margarito at paprikaatx.com. Um, but really, I mean, just, just saying hi, saying what's up, mm-hmm. and uh, talking about the team or, or what's going on with your life. You know, like that's really the stuff that keeps me keeps me going. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I'm not too – maybe it's uh, – naive but i'm not too worried about paprika right now because i know that i'm i've got we've got the we got the determination to keep it going Mm -hmm. so we're gonna find a way uh it may not be like the ideal path but we're gonna find a way to to keep it going so and that's good man appreciate you know thank you for for sharing that and um now you know everyone that's listening to this thank you for listening to Another episode of Otra Por Favor. Otra Por Favor. Uh, check us out on, you know, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you listen to your podcast, and also otraporfavor.com. Yeah. Uh, World Cup is around the corner, so we're going to be sh- uh, sending out some stuff regarding um, when can people join and, and talk about just, you know, the group stages. Uh, we'll share more about it, and then, you know, wishing este coque, you know, uh, a good week yep. and ahí se cuidan y el, el y, y yo digo que México pasa del del grupo como primero y le damos a Argentina un 2-0. Yeah, somebody's got to knock Argentina off so I think I think we we got it. Yeah. Y, even though we feel like we can't like now nah, we'll be alright. Vamos México. Ahí se cuidan, se portan bien y arriba la América. Y no se duerman. Adiós.